Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, today is the day. It is. I'm just wondering how prepared you are for this, uh, this. Not prepared at all, Mike. I, I tell you, I've been I've been thinking about it. I didn't sleep any last night. It was miserable. It reminded me when I was a kid. I'm gonna take you back in time, Mike. Okay. I was probably in the third. I want to say third grade, fourth grade, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you ever seen them little pop fireworks? You just they're like little white things, and you just throw them down. They pop. You know, yeah. it was always. That was the only fireworks we could play with as kids, you know. So I had a whole box of these things. And, and of course, naturally, I took it to school, which I wasn't supposed to do. And, <laughs> and I'm messing around with them all day, throwing them here, throwing them there. But we were leaving lunch in an orderly fashion, and we're walking out. And I swear to God, Mike, one of the loudest ones that they ever created fell right out of my pocket. And there was no <laughs> doubt there was a firework in that room. Needless to say, they pulled me out of the crowd and they said hey you're gonna have to talk to the principal i go into the principal's office i'm thinking man this is it my parents are gonna get mad at me or i'm gonna get my ass busted one of those things is gonna happen and and he says i want you here tomorrow at eight o'clock 30 minutes early okay and i was like oh god I, so all night, just like last night, I, I'm up sweating, thinking about this walk, you know. So I'm thinking about I'm going to get paddled, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back then, that's what they did, brother. They hit you, you know. So I've prepared in the only way that Shane knew how to, and that is layered up like an onion, brother. <laughs> I had about three pairs of underwear, four <laughs> pairs of shorts, jeans, two pairs of pants. Under I mean, I was walking like the, the Michelin man in the school because I'm like, he's going to battle me. I ain't going to feel it. You know what I'm saying? So I waller into the office, you know, just expecting the, the, the hammer. And he says, he hands me a bucket and one of those little grabby things. He says, I need you to go out to the front of the school and pick up all the cigarettes. <laughs> so I'm out there. It's 100 degrees and 35 layers of clothes picking up cigarettes. Man, it was the worst mistake of my life. I lost 10 pounds that day, Mike. So I say all that to say this. I, I built myself up, but I am ready to get out here, accomplish what I what I wanted to do. It's 100 days. I'm going to be eating good. I'm going to be drinking good-ish. You know, I'm still going to have cold beer every now and then, but in the most part, I'm going to be active. Get you 100 days of Big Orange Walks because, Mike, we're only 100 days from SEC football. I can't believe it, but we're almost there. Yeah, well, I never know quite where you're going, Shane, when you go on one of your tangents, <laughs> but that was an all-timer. And uh, I was just sitting around thinking today, Shane, not to give you too hard of a time, but this this is just how I'm picturing this going because we've gone down this road before, but we get a, a bushy-eyed you know, go get her, Shane. He's seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. He's sending us the videos. He's he's out there. He's sweating. He's hitting the pavement. Uh, next day, they're coming in a little bit later, eight thirty, nine. <laughs> the next day, lunchtime, and then by the end of the week, it's damn midnight. And I'm like, there's no way this some bitch is out here walking it. <laughs> 11 p.m. You know, he's in bed by 10. So, well, I'm cheating the system, Mike. I figured if I can watch the first 30 in one day and the 30 in the next, technically I got two knocked out. No, I'm not going to cheat on this one. A lot of people are wondering. Uh, I'm going to be sending uh, my Apple Watch, tells you, you know, how long you walk. So, I'm going to, every time I do it, I'm going to send it to Mike, keep him in the loop. Uh, as much as I'd love to put Bruno on that band, my little dog, and just let him run around, his ass ain't going to get enough steps for me. So, Mike, I'm going to get out there. And, and like I said, I've been putting it off long enough. The family's bought in. We're already, um, you know, she's she's meal prep, my wife. she's She's been fantastic. I've got, like, I already know what my meals are five days from now. And nice. and I think that was part of my problem. But, yeah. but uh, I, I'm telling you, I'll feel better, and it's for a good cause. So, uh, 100 days, man, I'm going to do it this time. I'm telling you, I'm going to do it. Yeah. They may come in late, but they will get done, I promise <laughs> you. Well, Shane, uh, we have got a loaded show 
here on this episode. We've got my guy, Brad Powers. I I really do Mm -hmm. think, Shane, he is right now the top handicapper that focuses on college football. He does other stuff as well, but he is so focused. He is a true college football uh, insider, and he follows the SEC, follows all of college football. So I thought he would be a great guest, and he proved to be that yet again. So we'll kick it over to his interview in a second, Shane. We're going to get to the SEC West. Uh, win totals like we did last time for the SEC East, some Heisman hopefuls. And before we get to that, though, Shane, we do got a little bit of news here, some exciting news for fans of the NCAA football video game like you and I. You know, they haven't made this thing in in a decade here, but uh, some news came out on Wednesday. This has all been confirmed, Shane. They are going to allow players to be in the game when it comes out and why this was big, Shane, because this was essentially the last roadblock in this game coming out because they had to figure out some way to do compensation. Now, they've not said how much they're going to be paying or anything like that, but they are even, Shane, check this out, they are going to do scans of active college players if they want to. They don't have to do it, but they're going to do scans of their faces just like Madden, so they'll be physically looking like the yeah. players in the game. And, and again, if they if, if players don't want to be in it, they're not forced to be in it, they'll just use a, a generic player if they don't want any part of this. But I have to imagine, Shane, considering there's compensation, considering how popular those games are on college campuses all across the country, I mean, I can't think of many reasons not to be in a game like this if I'm an SEC football player. Absolutely. Make a little money with it along the way. I hope they don't – I hope they don't pay some players more than others. I hope it's just kind of a blanket deal, but you're right, brother. The first thing that that kids do is they create their sales, you know, on Madden. Right. You know, they're playing playing themselves on the game. So, uh now this is really cool and I think if done right, that's that's the, that's the the bottom line, man. EA Sports, you know, they've 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 been ridiculed. They've they had their moments and it felt like sometimes they didn't put out the best product. I really hope they come out of guns a blazing because it's been a long, long time. Us old heads, man, are going to be down there getting the video games, kicking them kids out of the line, you know, so that we can play this thing. So I'm looking forward to it, brother. It's going to be awesome. So this one's scheduled 2024. So I'm imagining it used to come out around July, 1st Mm -hmm. of July. So that's, I guess, what they're going to be shooting for this time as well, right? Oh, yeah, because that's always when fans get most excited about college football and there's just no games on. So, you know, you fire in that bad boy, get fired up for the college football season. I cannot wait. And and people may be say, why the hell do they care about a video game? Well, I really do think, Shane, I, I know college football is as popular as can be, but I think it's a disservice to the younger generation that has now, you know, all they pl- – play now is Madden because that's all the options they have I think you're losing out on the next wave of fans across the country uh heck that's why I got into college footballs because you introduced me to that Bill Walsh football game and here we are decades later doing a podcast on college football I'm just one example but you know thousands and thousands of of kids are going to get their hands on this game and they're going to fall in love with SEC and college football due in part to this video game you know what Absolutely. I mean, that's how I learned just about every mascot in college football. It mm-hmm. wasn't because I just trained and, and got online looking at this stuff. It's because I probably tried to do a dynasty with them at some point. So, <laughs> uh, no, it, I think it's very important. And it's also very important for conferences, man. I mean, for so long, I knew exactly who was in which conference, you know, and, and, and you kind of got away from that. And a lot of people do. A lot of gener- – like you said, lost generations. When you get on here, you start realizing what a team is in this conference, team this one in this conference, yeah. you know. You learn about programs and locations. So, yeah, I just think it's good for brand awareness for all across the country. You know, when these kids – some of these kids may get be playing NCAA and then all of a sudden get a letter from that university saying they want them to come play play football for them or something, you know? So there's a whole bunch of cool stuff that's going to come from it. But the main thing here, Mike, is is the fans, and 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 they're going to finally get this video game. The players are finally going to get paid for name, image, and likeness, something we, we thought we'd never see, and uh, it's about damn time. Yep. All right, Shane. Well, we had so much fun breaking down the SEC East win totals via DraftKings. 
we knew we had to get to the SEC West. So, again, let's just go in alphabetical order like we did last time. And that, of course, means we'll start with them Alabama Crimson Tide, Shane, with a win total of 10.5, which is pretty outstanding. But I think, I mean, this is the lowest I've remembered for Alabama since the COVID year when they only had 10 games. You know what? But uh, what's interesting, Shane, the over is plus 135, the under minus 155. So they are wanting you, Shane, to take the under, under 10.5 for Alabama. I, I didn't think Nick Saban would ever see the be alive to see that. Did you? <laughs> no, 10.5. Man, I mean, is this his last year or what? I mean <laughs> – are they even projected top 25? I can't even figure that out here. No, I'm just kidding. Calm down, Bama. Calm down, Bama. I can hear him tweeting me already. Shane, you, we lose to you one time in 25 years. And no, I, I think this is, uh, I think it's a little alarming, but I don't know, Mike. I, you always feel like Bama drops one at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just been kind of the theme. Um, I don't think this season we're, we're expecting them to go undefeated. Um, but they got some tough, tough ball clubs, man. They got some, some, but then again, it wouldn't surprise me if they go undefeated. You know, that's just Alabama for you. They got a lot of talent, a lot of young, raw talent. And I think that's the key with Bama is just how quick do they grow up? And, and if they do it quick, you know, they establish this quarterback situation early, then I think Alabama's easily going to get the over here. But, you know, stumbling out of the gate, but, uh, you know, I'm looking at Texas A&M, I'm looking at Texas, you know, right there toward the start of the season. You yeah, know, let, let's you, go over the schedule. Those stumbling blocks. Yeah. So uh, let's go over the, the schedule here. Went over half yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In order that they're actually played. But uh, the, the key to me, Shane, is the toughest games are at home. And hell, we just, you know, a couple of weeks yeah. back, we did the home field advantage talk and what they've lost two games in a decade here at home. So they're yeah. getting that. Uh, they're on the right side of that from a scheduling standpoint, unlike last year. So here's Alabama's schedule. They open the season against Middle Tennessee. Week two, another home game, mm-hmm. Texas. Week three, at South Florida. That's so weird to see Alabama at South Florida. Speaking of NCAA, it, it looks like a, a one the video game would, would make up. You know what? Ole Miss at home, at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. At Texas A&M, Arkansas at home, Tennessee at home, mm-hmm. LSU at home, at Kentucky, Chattanooga at home, and at Auburn in the Iron Bowl. So basically what you're betting on, Shane, is will they lose two games or will they will they find a way? And really, again, the away games, <laughs> they're going to be favored in all of them, even Texas A&M, I, even though I'm not sitting here saying they'll, they'll definitely beat A&M, but – a&M and Auburn and Kentucky, I mean, that those are going to be your toughest ones. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I could yeah. certainly see them going over, but it, it just it's interesting to me that uh, the line favors, they, they want you to go under on the Crimson Tide, and that, that's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy, but then again, there's so many question marks. And I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough one for me to bet on. I mean, you're talking about almost a – Almost a perfect season, okay? Yeah, they're right. allowed to drop one, but they can't lose two. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's that's where you're at. And, I mean, this is SEC football. I mean, look what Alabama did last year, drop, drop two games. So, I'm, I'm probably going to go over, but I am very, very I, – I, I'm not putting any money on it. I'll tell you that right now. How big is that Texas game, you think, Shane, looming for the entire season week two? Now, this is kind of blasphemy to even say, but if, let's say the Longhorns go into Bryant-Denny and beat the Crimson Tide former Alabama assistant. Yeah. Steve Sarkeesian leads the Longhorns to a win over Alabama. There's no way they hit the over if they lose to Texas, is there? No, I, I'm telling you right now, Mike, if, if they would have flip-flopped this thing from last year, thank God they went. Austin last year because if it if it was flip flop I would be 
I doubt they, they may not even be favored in that thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, they needed Bryce, the number one quarterback, to freaking win with mm-hmm. a miracle there. Uh, and if you flip flop it, that, the problem is you're catching them so early in the season. This is such a young program. I think if you got Texas at the tail end of it, I think this isn't a ball game. But the fact it's week two. I, you know, it's just not a shoe-in. And, you know, if you're reading the, the clippings of what's coming out of Texas, you, you're thinking, hey, man, this program is on the rise. They were good last year. They're supposed to be better this year. So do you want to mess with it? I think it's just a tough one. But it's also a good test, an early test for Alabama. Is is Saban and company going back to, a you know, a college football playoff? I think you'll know by week two, brother. Mm-hmm. And I would also say this, Shane. The most dangerous team that you can doubt in all of college football yeah. remains <laughs> Alabama as long as Nick Saban's on that sideline. You know what? Yeah, Colt takes just – they were, he just – whoever <laughs> runs that account just recorded this whole thing and going to drag us through the mud here in about eight weeks <laughs> after a kickoff, you know? All right, how about this one, Shane? Arkansas, the over-under is set at seven. I wish it was, uh, you know, at, at, at a half or something, make it a little bit easier to to make a, a call on this one. But over seven is plus 100, under is minus 120. So, again, they are wanting you to bet the under on yeah. Arkansas, which has a ton of home games, a lot of winnable games here at the beginning, at the end of the schedule, it's that, very middle that is just brutal. Let's go through the Razorback schedule here. Shane, at home, Western Carolina, that's the opener. Kent State is the second game of the year, also at home. BYU, big matchup there, but it's at home. Then we get to this meat grinder here, Shane. At LSU, maybe the best team in the West. Texas A&M and Arlington, a team they cannot beat to save their lives. At Ole Miss, which is always a classic between Ole Miss and Arkansas, and at Alabama. I mean, good night. I, what did Sam Pittman do to Greg Zanke to get this schedule? I don't know. At least that stretch right there. But on the on the bright side, Shane, all the rest of the remaining games, very winnable. Mississippi State at home, at Florida, Auburn at home, FIU at home, and Mizzou at home. So, Looking at that, Shane, over under seven. Obviously, if you're going over, you're saying eight and four or better. And under, yeah. you know, six and six again. This is difficult. Uh, but uh, hmm. I think the bad thing is in that murder's row there. I mean, you could even put BYU in conversation there. There's five really tough ball games. Right. Uh, I mean, even Mississippi State. I mean, this, yeah. This is this is going to be a tough road, and there's no bye weeks. I mean, they could at least put in a bye somewhere in the middle of that to break it up. So, but when you're looking at the LSU, A and M, Miss Ole Miss, and Alabama game, you know they could literally drop all four of these and still take the over. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm saying. I don't think they lose all four of them. I, I, I'm a little higher on Arkansas than most people, so mm-hmm. I think this is an easy over for me, brother. Uh, um, I, I get it. That, that four-game stretch is going to be absolutely brutal, and it, and it could loom, especially if you throw BYU uh, in Mississippi. If you look at Mississippi State, that's that trap game I'm worried about yeah. coming off the end of that. You, you cannot afford to take your foot off the gas, but – you know, I'm I'm firm believer. You know, I, I'm hearing some positive vibes out of camp up there. I think the I think they're going to have a hell of a program. So yeah, this one's a pretty easy over for me. And they probably added a transfer since we sat here talking, Shane. It seems like Arkansas adds a transfer about every day now. But uh, yeah, I'm just happy that uh, we've made it this far on the list, Shane. And you're not trying to uh, fire any coaches or get rid of these schools, <laughs> kick them out of the SEC like you did yesterday. You know what? <laughs> Well, we're not on Ole Miss yet, so (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. All right, how about Auburn, Shane? A lot of high hopes on the Plains now that Hugh Freeze is down there and that we're Mm -hmm. doing so well in the transfer portal are the Tigers. Six and a half is the win total according to DraftKings. Over minus 135, under plus 115. So what that means, Shane, is they are wanting you to take – the over 
on them Auburn Tigers. The better odds is under. Uh, let's go through the Tigers schedule here, Shane. Some tricky games. UMass, yeah. right out the schedule. That's not a tricky one, but it is at home. But this is the one. Cousin Shane's labeled this as a trap game, and I think he's yeah. right. At California, that, that'll be a tricky one for the Auburn Tigers. Sanford at home. At Texas A&M. Georgia at home, at LSU, Ole Miss at home, Mississippi State at home, at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas, New Mexico State at home, and Alabama coming <laughs> between uh, coming to the plains there. So tricky, tricky little ending there to this. Or, or, or tr- uh, again, another one similar. To Arkansas tricky middle of the season that'll that'll really dictate whether the Tigers go over or under here, in my opinion. Yeah, and this is just a gut check, Mike. I mean, really, you can hear all the expert opinions you want. You really don't know what kind of product we're going to see on the planes here. And that's why this is one I'm steering clear of. It's not that I don't have faith in Hugh Freeze and company. It's just – what are they? You know, how how good is this? Does the defense take a huge step back? Does does the offense, you know – pick up right where where Hugh Freeze left off with uh, you know some of the programs he's had I mean that's mm-hmm. that's the main thing how quick do they grow up on that side of the ball we've got transfers coming in we got transfers going out there's a there's a lot of moving pieces down there and and that's why I'm just uh, I'm leery about putting money anywhere near Auburn right and to your point Shane calling week two at Cal a trap game if this was week nine week ten it wouldn't be a trap game would it yeah, no. It kind of reminds me real quick of Brian Kelly and Florida State last year. <clears throat> that that LSU team would have beat FSU at the end of the season, but mm-hmm. because they got them so early, it's like they had to go through some growing pains right. uh, with FSU. So that's kind of how I feel about this Cal game. Right, going all the way across the country. You're still trying to figure out who you are. You're still trying to mesh this coaching staff together. I mean, there's a lot of variables there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, a game like that, could dictate it's not going to dictate your season because hell i mean as as bad as it is to to sit here and think about if you drop at one it's not going to kill you but it could kill you on something like an over and under you know what right yeah absolutely i'm not are you are you messing well you'll get to it here in a minute (laughs) (laughs) oh i got some strong thoughts on it trust me all right how about lsu shane DraftKings over under win line nine and a half for them lsu tigers over plus 110 under minus 130. So they actually are wanting you to take the under on LSU nine and a half wins, which is interesting. I I assume that number is because of the Florida State game, which is the opener in Orlando. Very tricky game. Grambling State at home is week two. At Mississippi State, week three. Arkansas at home. At Ole Miss. At Missouri. Auburn at home. Army at home. What? What's Army doing on this schedule? At Alabama, Florida at home, Georgia State at home. Tricky. That Georgia State, man, they'll get you. And then Texas A&M at home to wrap up the regular season. Nine and a half win total. So we're sitting here wondering if, if LSU is going to drop three games or not. I don't, I don't know. What's your thoughts there, Shane? Yeah, well, back to that Georgia State. I thought we all agreed to never have them back on the schedule, but <laughs> apparently LSU wasn't paying attention there. Um, Mike, I, I, we're talking three games here. I'm, I'm really high on LSU. I, I know a lot of people are worried about that Florida State game. Right. I've been on record saying it was, it shouldn't have been a game last year. It definitely won't be a game this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is, this is going to open up the can and you're going to watch these lines move quickly because LSU's legit. Uh, they are a powerhouse in the West. They're back, baby. And losing three games, shit, Mike, they could lose two. That's okay. They're still going to take the over. So give me the over here. Right. Now I'm trying to figure out, Shane, where are they an underdog? Uh, they're not an underdog in three games. Uh, not even Florida State. They're, I think they're currently a, a slight favorite, and even if not, it's a, it's a pick them. So at Alabama, they'll be an underdog. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. I kind of even anticipate Alabama to win that game, given that LSU won it last year, and they'll be you know geared up for that game. But aside, yeah. aside from Alabama, I don't see a single game 
where LSU will not be favored. And that, that doesn't mean they're going to win them all, but uh, th- that's yeah. one thing I look at when I'm looking at these over-unders. I, I don't get that nine and a half. I, this feels like an easy over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're giving it away, Mike. Oh, yeah, All right, sorry, I like sorry. it. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> All right, how about Ole Miss, Shane? Over, under, seven and a half. Always difficult to get a pulse, yeah. at least it is for me, on, on Lane Kiffin and, and what he's got to work with given you know how much they go to the transfer portal. Uh, DraftKings has got the over, minus 105, under, minus 115 so virtually the same odds so seven and a half they don't know which way to go either Shane and I think that's again a reflection of of Lane Kiffin and and the way he builds his program but Mm -hmm. let's go down the schedule here Mercer at home at Tulane Georgia Tech at home at Alabama LSU at home Arkansas at home at Auburn Vanderbilt at home Texas A&M at home, at Georgia, Louisiana Monroe at home, and at Mississippi State. So, man, they trade for last year's schedule in a damn heartbeat, wasn't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was this time last year we are talking about, man, they're going to run the table the first <laughs> couple of months. So, yeah, yeah now this is a – this is a, what's the over-under on this one? Seven and a half. So, you're basically betting are they going eight and four or not? Yeah, yeah. I think so, Mike. I, I, I'm not super confident. I mean, man, you talk about bad draws, getting Alabama away, getting Georgia away. Jeez, uh, I mean, and then you got Texas A&M sitting there. I mean, they got a, they got a doozy. This is a tough schedule. Um, you know, I think it it ramps up real quick. I think Tulane will be a cute story there, but I, I think Ole Miss <laughs> puts them away. I, I think they build up some momentum. Is this the year? You know that he he knocks knocks off Alabama. I mean, wouldn't that be something, brother? I think I think Ole Miss has got a few upsets this season, and and that's why I'm a little I'm leaning more toward the over. You know, there's 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 a couple of tough ball games in there, but it just feels like lanes do. You know what I'm saying? So, right. uh, give me the over here. I'm pretty confident too. I, I I'm believe I'm a Jackson Dart believer. You know, now I may be. <laughs> Week two, week three in this thing, <laughs> bench his ass, you know. But until then, I, I, I think that he took that step forward, and, and I think this system is going to be humming. So, yeah, give me the over on Ole Miss. All right, how about Mississippi State? Shane DraftKings sets the, the over-under at six and a half for Zach Arnett's first team here in Starkville. Over plus 115 under minus 135 so they are leaning towards the under for the mississippi state bulldogs at six and a half let's run down their schedule shane eight home games i think that's a a program record here southeast louisiana at home right out the gate arizona at home who they beat on the road last year lsu at home that's a huge game at south carolina very difficult environment but again a winnable game alabama at home Western Michigan at home, at Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at Texas A&M, Southern Miss at home, and Ole Miss to close out the regular season. Six and a half for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Which way you leaning, Shane? Oh, Mike, 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 Mike. I, I They got a couple doozies in here, man. They got Here's what they got. They got a couple coin tosses that need to go their way. and. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's a tough situation what Arnett walked into. But the, the fact of the matter, he does have one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Um, I think that helps. And I think they're going to let him play a little bit. And that, that's what makes Mississippi State more exciting, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think the defense going to take a little bit of a step back. But if anybody could do it, damn, it's Arnett. You know, that's like his – that's his baby. So, right. I want to say over, barely. But I am not. This is similar to Auburn. I'm not putting any money on this one. I have zero confidence. All right. How about your fighting Texas A&M Aggie, Shane? Over. Over. (laughs) SEC champs. Come on, man. (laughs) Draft King set the over-under at 7.5. The over, minus 115. The under, Mm -hmm. plus 130. So they are wanting you to take the over on the Aggies. They see the potential there as well. Let's run down their schedule. New Mexico at home. At Miami, 
It's a tricky game. Uh, Louisiana Monroe week three. Auburn at home. Arkansas and Arlington. Alabama at home. At Tennessee. South Carolina at home. At Ole Miss. Mississippi State at home. Abilene Christian at home. And at LSU. Over under seven and a half for the Aggies, Shane. Mike, I'm going over. I know I, I wasn't going to be that guy, you know. I told you I'm not going to bet. I ain't going to put any money on it, but I'll right, tell you right. right now, there's no reason that this team should not go over seven and a half. I mean, mm-hmm. eight games, they could still lose four. Texas A&M's got a better program than that. I mean, I'm making – when I'm looking at games like Alabama, Tennessee, you know, I'm looking at – these are some damn ball games that, that I think Texas A&M could win. So, I, I can't say that and then say, well – you know, they may struggle against Auburn, you know. <laughs> like, no, no, they shouldn't struggle against Auburn. This team should should not struggle against those opponents. So, uh, and, and that's not a knock on Auburn, but, I mean, realistically, if an Auburn fan is on here, he'd change their roster in a heartbeat with right. Texas A&M. There's no reason that they should lose more than, than, than that uh, four games. So, give me the over pretty easy here. All right, Shane, well, let's get to the ones I really like. I'm feeling – particularly good about the one I've already teased it but uh, LSU in the over at nine and a half I mean that's a slam dunk in my opinion I don't understand that one at all I think LSU may win 11 games this year Mississippi State over give me the over six and a half I got faith Shane I'm starting to come around to them bulldogs but the, the 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 juice is on the over not on the under so I think Mississippi State with eight home games you pull an upset it's a lock you take care of yeah. business on the road, you'll get it done. If either one of those happens, you're you're over six and a half in, in Zach Arnett. I think seven and five, very, very realistic record for Mississippi State. But now I gotta be a bad guy, Shane. I can't go over on all of them. Auburn. I'm going under six and a half with plus one fifteen odds. I like the I like the under better. I think even six and six, I think realistic Auburn fans will be happy year one with that. I know we're getting caught up, Shane, with all these transfers. We're getting excited. We're gonna win the SEC West. We've got to pump the brakes on that. Now if you beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, you'll go over. You'll you'll get to that seven and five. And uh, you know, I've kind of already went out on a limb and predicted it. So uh, but am I putting my money on it? Not necessarily. So I I would lean more towards the under with Auburn. And then I'm going to go reverse of you, brother. Texas A&M, the better odds are the under, Shane. And can A&M win 10 games this year? Hell yeah. Can they win 11? I mean, I wouldn't go be that bold, but it would not stun me if they made – you know, a Tennessee LSU type jump because they got all the pieces, brother. Yep. But if you ask me where I'm going to put my money, <laughs> is it going to be, you know, another five and seven, six and six? I mean, I think that if if I put money, if I put my mortgage on it, Shane, that A&M breaks out or A&M crumbles, I'm putting my money on crumbles despite the fact that everything is there mm-hmm. for them to put it together. So I'm going with the juice, man. I'm going under. I, th- I think seven and five. As tough as that would be to swallow, I think that is a, that is a more realistic outcome uh, when it comes to where my money's going. <sighs> Calm down, Aggies fans. I'm telling you, I don't know how Jimbo hurt this man, but he did. And I've got several months to pull him back to Maroon Nation, all right? So just calm down. I'll be the 12th man. I'll, I will do that fight for you. I'll have him back. We got plenty of time to work on him here. I, I, I get what you're saying. And, Mike, that's the one thing about Texas A&M that drives me nuts is, is I lost more money on them gambling yeah. last year. But it was because they had a better team. We knew they had a better team. We knew they had better fans and a better stadium, you know. There was – they deserve the wins, and it just did not get it, and it wasn't fair. But I, I'm I'm a firm believer in second chances, and I think they bounce back, and that's why I'm on the on the Aggie bandwagon, and and I'll keep I'll keep putting that horn. But I will say this: they drop it to Miami, burn the program down, <laughs> down to the ground. <laughs> All right, how about Heisman odds, Shane, from the SEC West contenders? via DraftKings. We did the same with the East last episode, if you missed it. I'm going to run down the list, and then I'll tell you my best bets for the 
Heisman out of the SEC West, Shane. Jaden Daniels, LSU, he's got the best odds, 20-1. to 1. Mm. I shouldn't be surprised by that because if LSU does win 10, 11, 12 games, he's going to be there. He's He'll be the yeah. driving force of that. Quinshaw Jokin, Shane, Ole Miss running back, 50-1. to 1. It's pretty high to see a running back that, you know, with with odds like that. But he was phenomenal as a true freshman. <laughs> You're gonna shake your head at this one, Shane. Tyler Buckner at Alabama quarterback, sixty to one. But they're kind of hedging their bets here, Shane, because they got Jalen yeah. Milrow and Ty Simpson all at sixty to one. So they're just they're basically saying, whoever, one of those guys, one of those guys, whoever wins the job, they have no idea. I don't think anybody right. does. But as as soon as that's announced, those odds will jump depending on who who actually wins the job. Uh Jackson Dart, Shane, eighty to one. Okay. Potentially good value here. Disrespect continues. KJ Jefferson, eighty to one. Same as Jackson Dart. Connor Wigman, Texas AM's quarterback, a hundred to one. How about this, Shane? We were touting Georgia. We're having two quarterbacks. Well so does LSU. Yeah. Garrett Nussmeyer, a hundred to one to win the Heisman. But they got another guy. They got two more on this list, Shane. Harold Perkins, their outstanding linebacker, 150 to 1. Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers, 150 to 1. And uh, last but not least, LSU running back, Shane, they got a lot of Tigers on here. Armani Goodwin, 200 to 1. So they're taking a flyer on the LSU running back. But there are three that I really like here, Shane. And yeah. you you already know and they're all in one, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, the disrespect is crazy, Shane. KJ Jefferson, that's that's my yeah. best bet, eighty to yeah. one. I I love those odds. I think he's the best quarterback in the SEC. And if you're the best quarterback in the SEC, you got a fighting shot. Uh, Connor Wigman, again, I know I just said the under, but if they go over, it's because Connor Wigman, who flashed at the end of last season, takes that big step, leads the Aggies to a 10-11. Yeah. Maybe maybe even twelve and zero, brother. If they go twelve and zero, he's winning. So a hundred to one odds, I like that. And then you laugh, but I don't know if it's Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson, but I'd put five ten bucks on them at sixty to one because Alabama, as long as they're good, they're always going to have a Heisman contender. And I, I think it'll it would be one of those guys is is more realistic than old Buckner up there. But uh, yeah, so those those are my three best bets for the Heisman out of the West. Well, uh, I think those are good, Mike. I, I would add Junkins. I mean, it's been a while since we've had a running back Heisman, and, and I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about he's he's the only guy now. You know, there's going to be a lot of touches. There's going to be a lot of ways of of getting him possession. So, yeah, I'm really high on him. I think that um, you know, some of the sometimes quarterbacks wash each other out. Like if one guy doesn't really just st- step up and step step out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think we had a very quarterback rich draft this year. I think it is going to be a little bit of a down year, but not too bad. You know, they're still going to have a couple names out west. They're floating around and whatever. But if they just have mediocre seasons, then you go to tier two. Who's the best running back? Uh, that's kind of why I'm a little I'm a little high on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lane Kiffin calls this rat poison, but I'm I'm feeding it to him right now. <laughs> Uh, the other one, Mike, is is Connor. I, I I'm with you. I think if Texas A&M does take that step, does make the noise, maybe pulls off a couple upsets, they're mm-hmm. going to put all that on the shoulders of Connor Wigman. So uh, those those are two of mine. KJ, yes, I I, I could see your argument there. Um, again, it's still going to need to have a great season. You mm-hmm. know, can Arkansas win eleven games, potentially twelve, maybe? But I think Texas A&M has a little bit of an easier road to it. Yeah, he definitely is going to need that Heisman moment, like winning at Alabama or something to to put him over the top. You know what? Absolutely. But all this gambling uh, gambling talk, Shane, has got me wanting to talk to our guest here, Brad Powers, college football handicapper. He really is the best out there at what he does when he's when we're talking college football and he's betting spreads. So let's get over to our interview with Brad Powers. Hey, we're pleased to once again be joined by Brad Powers, one of my favorite Twitter accounts out there. He's a college football handicapper and man, he just spent so much time doing all this, not only SEC, but national college football, spending so much time watching the spring games and everything. So I, I truly value 
Brad's opinion. He's he's got a must follow Twitter account. Give him a follow and check out BradPowerSports.com. Hit the books HQ. Brad, thank you so much for joining me once again. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. I know football season's getting closer whenever I talk to you in the off season. <laughs> yeah, so I, I wanted to uh, ask you this first because the main reason I wanted to have you on is talk about these some of these spring games and just, just your thoughts on it because, again, we value your opinion so much. But before we get to that, thoughts on Toledo being a two-point favorite over <laughs> Tennessee. Not not according to you, but according to some, uh, you, you were poking fun at that, but uh, – that gives you an indication that some people are, I don't know, I don't. their formula's messed up, just say it kindly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just having a little bit of fun, poking fun at a guy, you know, with the power rings. I just, look, you can have any, like, uh, I know there's a lot of modelers, is what we call them in the gambling industry, uh, that, that, that don't necessarily watch tape or anything like that. They just have a model and whatever it spits out. I mean, they bet, and some people bet, bet you know, and do very well. But there's got to be, you know, whatever that model spits out, sometimes there's going to be some uh, stuff that doesn't make sense. And Tennessee ranked number 48 uh, and behind teams like Troy, Memphis, Toledo and whatnot uh, probably says something's wrong uh, with that particular formula, at least for Tennessee. That that would be something that would require tweaking as far as I'm concerned and major tweaking because Tennessee's power ratings off more than two touchdowns and you just can't be more than two touchdowns off the market. You want to be three points, six points this time of year, by all means, we all can have our little different preferences, but you can't be that far off. Right. And that's a classic example, Brad, of why I love your account because you're, you're doing a public service announcement to let these other people know, Hey, you might want to double check your facts here, but uh, how about another one that I got a kick out of and I saw you did too, uh, and this is no disrespect to Deion Sanders. I mean, he is he has made Colorado relevant overnight. So credit to him. Be fascinating to see what they pull off this season. But uh, thoughts on 8.1% allegedly of, of betters betting the national champions and betting Colorado, who, what they win, one game last year? Yeah, one game. And it wasn't like they were a hard luck one win team. I mean, they got blown out <laughs> a majority of their games. I mean, their point. Per, uh, points uh, differential was among the worst we've seen at the power five level, at least in recent history. Uh, it just goes to show you that there's a lot of dumb people out there. I mean, this is a team that's even if they're one of the most improved teams in the country, and I expect that to be the case, I still think they're going to struggle to get the bull eligibility big time struggle, to be honest with you. And the fact that these people, I mean, they're not betting a win total. They're betting Colorado to win the national championship. I'd like to book that because they said, oh, you know, some of the sports books were talking, oh, we got a huge liability. Liability on Colorado? Are you kidding me? You're printing money taking those tickets. Whatever price you want to write to those people, take that money. Yeah, yeah. Well, one other, and again, I say this with all due respect because uh, uh, I've got a lot of respect for Kurt Herb Street, uh, but I've seen you kind of poke sometimes at uh, at the job he's doing do you think he's lost his fastball a little bit and and again I say that with all due respect but I, also I mean he's just a human and when he's doing some NFL he's doing game day and he's doing these games on Saturday at some point everybody gets stretched too thin do you, you think we've reached that point with Kurt Herbstreet at all yeah we have and maybe it's partly because I'm so you know, in the weeds in college football from a betting perspective, I'm betting money and, you know, I, I, I care about a lot of the, you know, the, the little things maybe that he over, you know, doesn't care so much about. But generally speaking, I, I think, yeah, he has lost his fastball. I mean, I, I think college game day in general and ESPN's coverage of college football has lost their fastball from even 10 years ago. So, yeah, he's probably spread a little too thin. But who am I to disparage somebody that that's, you know, making a lot of bank as much as he is? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, all right, Brad, so I really wanted to talk to you about uh, what you saw from the spring games across the SEC. Um, uh, Let's just go with the defending national champions first. I know you're pretty high on Carson Beck uh, after, I mean, who isn't who who watched that game? But uh, what what were your main takeaways from Georgia's spring game? Well, I mean, this isn't going to be breaking news, but what I saw was the best team in the country. And what I saw was a team that, you know, I feel more optimistic about Georgia right now at this point in the season than what I did last season. And that, you know, they run the table and, you know, become a two time defending champ. I think they're the overwhelming favorite to be the first three peat 
Uh, you know, even before the AP poll era, we got to go to the early 1930s before last time that happened. I love their schedule. You mentioned Carson Beck. Bet him to win the Heisman, 40 to 1. Why not? You're going to give me 40 to 1 on the starting quarterback for the number one team in the country. And I get it. Georgia's offense isn't, you know, very quarterback friendly like a Lincoln Riley offense would be. But Stetson Bennett finished fourth last year in the Heisman. And Carson Beck's a better talent than Stetson Bennett. I just saw a lot of depth. I think their freshman evaluation was really good because they're in, their freshmen that were in for spring really flashed to me. I, they're loaded at tight end. I thought the offensive line looked good. And plus, I saw some balance. At first, you know, first half of that game, I was like, oof, the defense is not looking so good. But you could tell Kirby probably had some choice words for the defense in the second half. So you saw a little bit of give and take from the team. You saw competitive depth. I mean, it was the best-looking team by far uh, out of the 61 spring games that I watched. Yeah. And, again, we almost have to mention the schedule when we talk about Georgia because oh, it yeah. is, it's such an outlier for a, uh, an SEC program, one, and, and a two-time defending national champion on the other. But uh, is there any game on there that uh, realistically you could see – not asking you to predict a, a Georgia loss, but uh, you know, a one-score game with, with the Bulldogs? I think there's only one, and that would be, you know, obviously the, the game in Knoxville at Tennessee would be the only game that I would price in the single digits. Every other game, in fact, I would price uh, Georgia at least a 17-point favorite in 11 or 12 games. I think the average point spread over the course of the season, including the Tennessee game, is north of four touchdowns for Georgia. So, it, I mean, for Georgia, it's a pretty cakewalk schedule. I mean, I would I would be very surprised if they're not winning the SEC East at the very minimum this year. Uh, the, the only game in question is Tennessee, man, and even then, I like Georgia in that game. So let's go to the Vols. What would you see from them in the spring game, and uh, what, what's your just your overall thoughts on Joe Milton? Because uh, you know, I, we don't be disrespectful early on this show to the players as much as we as we can you know if they got a terrible performance we we have to call it a terrible performance but I'm just stunned and maybe this is just homerism but I'm stunned at how many Tennessee fans are saying Joe Milton Heisman you know he's going to be the best quarterback in the SEC perhaps in that offense perhaps he could be that but I've not seen anything that suggests he will be that um what's your thoughts on on Joe Milton well I mean, their offense leads some success for a quarterback. I mean, they're just so different. Their wide splits are, are so disparate. It's almost like watching, like, you know, an option team, so to speak. Obviously, I'm not, you know, they're not an option team, but it's so different uh, looking, uh, just viewing. I mean, anybody, a third grader could see it. Oh, I mean, this team looks a little bit different. I, you know, I liked what I saw from him a little bit last year. I mean, obviously, there's been some inconsistencies in the past in his game, but thought he did okay, did what he needed to do in the Orange Bowl did what he needed to do, and then some against Vanderbilt. So uh, I I liked it enough. I'm not a Tennessee homer by any stretch, but I liked it enough that I bet him to win the Heisman 40-1. to one. <laughs> All right, okay. Maybe I'm the idiot here, which is certainly possible. Uh, what, what's your read on South Carolina? I mean, I, I know uh, new offensive system, I think that's going to be critical to their success. They got an incredibly difficult stretch right out the gate. Yeah. Thought, thoughts on what you saw from the spring game and, and can they continue to, to recapture some of this magic to where, you know, I talked to a lot of these analytics people, Brad, and they, they cannot put their finger on South Carolina. Yeah. They, don't, they don't understand how they keep racking up these wins. Uh, does the momentum continue, you think, for the Gamecocks this fall? I bet under their win total, and I know that people are going, whoa, it's only six and a half. You're expecting them to go six and six. It's not like I don't dislike them, but you used the word, you know, magic. You know, they have overachieved each last two years by a couple of games each season. Uh, I don't know if that continues. I think this is his best, best team that he's had, but that doesn't always mean that equate to, you know, best record. Uh, schedule's tough. I mean, that North Carolina game in week one is a big swing game. I know it's not going to move the needle nationally, but I'm telling you, for both programs, for both teams, for both conferences, that's a huge swing game. So uh, I, I'm i kind of fading them a little bit. It's not like I'm anti-Spencer Rattler. It's just, you know, I can, when you look at the overall talent, and he's bringing some talent in, but they're still a freshman class. Mm -hmm. and, and you look at what's coming back on the defense and what they lost, I, I just I, – I'm selling. I, it's not one of my favorite positions that I've had so far, but I am selling South Carolina. 
What about Kentucky? Uh, we, we didn't get a spring game from them due to yeah. constru- construction. It would have been nice to see Liam Cohen back, but of course they try to conceal everything they can, don't they, Brad? But um, that, that they are essentially my dark horse in the East this year. Not to say they'll challenge Georgia, but uh, unfortunately for them, they get Alabama this year. They have to go to Athens, so it makes the path to Atlanta almost uh, inconceivable. But that's not to say they can't have another run at a at a 10-win season if you're counting the bowl game. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on Kentucky, and, and what did you see out of Devin Leary when he was at NC State? Well, I would have liked to see a spring game. You're right, especially to see Devin Leary and see how he fit in the new team and new uh, system there. So uh, I liked when healthy Devin Leary. I mean, I loved what I saw. Going back to last year's spring game, I mean, I, I liked what I saw from Devin Leary so much that I bet him to win the Heisman last year watching uh, because I just thought he's, you know, when healthy, he's a pro-caliber quarterback. Is he going to be, uh, you know, as highly, you know, picked as what Will Levis was? No, but I think he can be a better quarterback at the college level than Will Levis. He already has. When you look at his season a couple of years ago, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions. So I think he's a good fit. He was one of the best transfer quarterbacks uh, that, that I thought one of the best moves. I'd probably put Sam Hartman in Notre Dame at one and Devin Leary to Kentucky at number two as far as the best transfer quarterbacks. So with that, I'm kind of buying Kentucky. I just – I like seeing it with my eyes and the fact that they were one of the very few uh, teams I couldn't see in the spring, uh, you know, leaves a little bit of doubt, at least in my mind, as, as we're talking in May here. Well, another one that uh... – Somehow you got the footage, Brad. I'm jealous. But Missouri, I, I didn't get to see any of them aside from what people like yourself tweeted out. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on Missouri? Do you think this could be the year they finally have a winning season under drink? Because uh, I'm, for some damn reason they gave him an extension. But, uh, the, <laughs> you know, first time ever he's hired an offensive coordinator. I think that's paramount. If they if he hits like he did with uh, the defensive coordinator, Blake Baker, who I thought that was a mistake to hire Blake Baker, but he was – he did a wonderful job. Uh, do you think Mizzou and they're another one? You look at the schedule, five and zero. If they can beat Kansas State, very realistic. Uh, do you think this is a year Mizzou could finally make that jump? Yeah, I think so. But I mean, the jump, like you mentioned, winning record. Can they win seven games? Certainly, I, I could see that. Uh, you know, I think their win total is six and a half, six, six and a half. Thought it was relatively fair. I didn't run into the window to bet either. So I, I still think they're six and six, seven and five ish. You know, obviously, I like Luther Burden at wide receiver. Brady Cook was hurt in spring, but we did give an opportunity to see the transfer from Miami and Garcia. And then I really like that Sam Horn kid who was really highly rated last year. Big kid. Needs to fill out a little bit more. So, uh, it's Missouri. I think there's a cap at the SEC. I think Gary Pinkle, those first couple of seasons, kind of spoiled their expectations when they won the, the division back-to-back years. Uh, and ever since then, it's kind of been a battle right around 500. And that's kind of where I view them right now. Right, and also during that time, Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida were essentially all down. I mean, their main competition was Vanderbilt. It's South Carolina, too. But uh, All right, let's jump to the West, Brad. Alabama, did they take that step? Did they – you know, I've been waiting for the revenge season. That was last year was a revenge season while Georgia was reloading, and and they reloaded right past them. Incredible freshman class they're bringing in. We've already saw some of these guys come in and make an impact, at least in spring – uh, do you think, you know, w- what's your outlook on Alabama, given that they hired Tommy Reese, who you could, you know more about him than I do, but I was not impressed with that, and I'm not impressed by the fact they bring in Tyler Buckner to to fix their quarterback uh, room. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not buying what I saw. Uh, I, I saw some inconsistencies from Alabama, specifically a quarterback, and then they went ahead and got another inconsistent quarterback in Tyler Buckner, who I have watched, and I just, I don't see it, and you know, Tommy can speak all, you know, what he wants. Oh, he's the, he's the quarterback in my system. Why not? He didn't think enough of, of Tyler Buckner. Uh, the fact that he went out and got Sam Hartman. I mean, that was Tommy Reese's choice to go out and do that. I mean, that was before he ended up leaving for Alabama. That decision was made. So, I, you know, th- there's little things that Alabama, what made Alabama great for 15 years was not only because they were the best, you know, had the best coach in Nick Saban or that they had the best talent. They still did the little things right. You, they didn't beat themselves in most games. They didn't have sloppy turnovers, penalties, and whatnot. That has crept into their play the last couple of years, specifically on the road in a lot of games, penalties and just sloppy play. Saw more sloppiness, inconsistency of quarterback in the spring game, a lot of wide receiver drops. I know Nick Saban ma- ma- mentioned that, oh, we had more drops in this game than, than what we had all spring. But why is that the case? Why do these things continue to creep up? And I just wonder 
if it's slipping a little bit. It's okay. Saban's, what, 71? I mean, a lot of the greats, it kind of slips at the end of their career. And then, you know, the X's and O's, the dot in the I's and crossing the T's. And, you know, even though I love Justin, you mentioned the uh, freshman class. I love Haynes at running back, Caleb Downs at, at safety. I love some of the portal additions they added after spring, but uh, with the exception of Buckner, but the couple of, of guys in the secondary. I, for the first time, what I'm getting at, in the saving era, I bet Alabama under the win total. Bet under 10.5. Don't ask me what two losses. I think they'll be favored in every game, but look, they've been favored in every game the last couple of years. And even with the number one pick in the draft, they were very close to losing three, four games each of the last two years. It seems like half their games come down to one possession. Right. And I think what's overlooked in the Alabama discussion, Brad, is uh, the fact that LSU's got an elite coach. Ole Miss yep. has got a better coach than Saban's ever faced. Uh, Kirby Smart, of course, has got that thing rolling. Josh Heupel's a better coach than anyone Saban's faced at Tennessee, on and on and on. Maybe even throw Hugh Freeze is better than what Auburn's had. Exactly. So, I mean, he's surrounded by by other elite coaches, which is not helping his cause. So, I I, I say all that to say I assume you're you're with me, Brad, and you like LSU to win the West. Would would that be uh, uh, something that you, that you're backing as well? <sighs> I could see it. I think, you know, when I watched the LSU spring game, people asked me, what did you see? I saw a team as buttoned up, and I didn't always see that. I, obviously, talent's never an issue at LSU, but, you know, sometimes they're not always buttoned up. I saw a team play with purpose. They were very businesslike. I saw talent. Jaden Daniels finally put on 15 pounds that I've been clamoring for his entire career, even back to his Arizona State days. Uh, I, I think there's competitive depth. I like the wide receivers. I don't think there's a lot of superstars on the team, but man, they just did. It looked like they did the little things. I wasn't worried about drops in that game. Like I wasn't, you know, in Alabama. So I think they've done an excellent job in the portal. Uh, but the guys that he's recruited, maybe not highly as rated as Alabama, but a lot of their four star kids I've seen that, you know, they've hit on. So I just think they're buttoned up compared to what they were on Red Orgeron. So I'm not a big Brian Kelly guy, but my goodness, the guy wins. Usually wins the games that he's supposed to, and you know he beat Alabama last year in his first year. And I'm here to tell you, this year's team, LSU team is better. And how much does it help in your mind? Do you think that they they open against Florida State away from home to to keep the team locked in essentially all off season? I mean, it's a good thing to keep them locked in all off season, but I mean, you lose a game that gives you hardly any room for error <laughs> the rest of the season. I mean, it's very easily could be a loss. They lost to Florida State last year, and Florida State's a legit top ten team. It's in Orlando. And that game, I mean, if you believe the odds makers, and I think they're pretty much on point here, it's going to be close to pick them. I don't mm-hmm. see either team being favored by three. I think LSU's taking a little bit of money out to like a one or two point favorite. And that sounds about right to me. So very losable game. So I honestly, I know it's going to sound weak. I, I'd rather not open with someone like that if I'm coaching. Mm. What about A&M, Brad? Uh, I mean, are, are you in the camp that uh, Jimbo is – been a f- failure essentially outside of one year and and uh, they got all the talent in the world i love the petrino hire i mean the, everything there says they should be winning uh do they get it done or, or is this just more of the same i don't know and that's okay to say that i will say talent wise they should be able to win eight games said that last year uh, <laughs> i man, I, I look at that defensive line talent depth size uh, it's as good as any unit in college football uh Man, I just I think that could be a problem for a lot of opposing offenses. I think they're better at quarterback. They're more experienced. I think that Stewart kid at wide receiver is a first-team All-American caliber type player. So there's a lot to work with there. We'll see. I mean, I I've been I'll say in the markets that I bet so far, I've been pretty pro AM. Bet them against Miami. Bet them against Alabama. Bet over their win total. I'm glad you referenced that. So that week two game at Miami, I, I don't know if there's a, a line out. But where, where where do you anticipate that being? So I laid three and a half with A&M on the road. Well, you know, not great, but it's out to like six and a half, which is, you know, I think A&M about six sounds about right. Miami's going to be improved too, but, but that's another, that's going to be, you want to talk about a swing game for both programs. There's one right there. And man, if you watch last year's game, that wasn't a very well coached game on on either team in that one. Right. So who do you got next uh, in the West? Is it Ole Miss? Is it Arkansas? Is it Auburn? Who who would you rank uh, right below those those top three tier? Yeah, it, from a pure power rating, like Ole Miss is real close to A&M. Uh, so I, for me, it'd be Ole Miss. Season win total, I think I, I saw an early seven. I took over on that one. I like, obviously, 
you know, Kiffin did a good job in the portal there, uh, as always. Uh, you know, Jackson Dart will be better in his second year in that system. So Ole Miss would be the next team. Auburn's a wild card. They keep adding and talent. And I like Hugh Freeze. I'm not saying that I like his off-field shenanigans, but on the field, X's and O's, he's really good. And I like the Peyton Thorne addition to that quarterback room. So um, they're a sneaky team. Went to a six and a half. I haven't bet it yet, but I would probably lean more over than under at that point. I did bet Auburn against Alabama in that game of the year. I took uh, 16. Anything above two touchdowns, give me the home dog in that one. What, what's your thoughts on Arkansas? You think it'll be better despite the staff turnover? I mean, they, they lost two great coordinators in my mind, but it, it clearly was uh, kind of trending in the wrong direction. Do you think Sam Pittman can recapture that momentum he had two seasons ago? <sighs> I don't know. I like K.J. Jefferson. Uh, I There was an early seven and a half out there. I, I believe it was DraftKings. I bet under. I think they're seven, five team. I just – look, I mean, problem. I'm not saying Sam Pittman's a bad coach. I'm not, you know, saying that Arkansas is depleted as a roster. I like some of the talent there. I just somebody's got to lose in the West. I mean, everybody's good. I mean, from a pure power rings aspect, I mean, I got basically every team in the West powering my top thirty nationally. So, I mean, it's a zero sum game. So, I think seven and five sounds about right to me. Well, and speaking, you know, staying on that same theme, Brad, Mississippi State, new coach. New defensive coordinator who's never called plays. Uh, new offensive coordinator that's never called plays at the Power Five. Uh, and we got talent to work with. I mean, they, they, the, the expectations are raised at Mississippi State. And these fans are saying eight, nine wins. That's that's what we expect. What what world are we living in, Brad, where we're just – again, they might yeah. be very good, but uh, that that cannot be the expectation year one for so many new new faces on the coaching staff. In my mind, what, what's your thoughts on Mississippi State? Yeah, uh, non-conference is going to help them. I, I think East maybe some of the slide because it's it's very favorable for them. But yeah, if there's one team that takes a tumble uh, that could you know not win very many SEC conference games, it'd be Mississippi State, in my opinion. I just it's not like I don't like you know the the new coach. I just think he might be in over his head a little bit, and that's not being derogatory. I just look was was he expected to be the head coach of Mississippi State at this time last year? No, so. I mean, obviously, the sudden death and tragic death of Mike Leach caught everybody by surprise. I thought he did a good job in the bowl game, but you mentioned the way he filled out his staff. And obviously, Mississippi State, you know, has a ceiling already that they're up against, got to bang their heads against uh, in the West as a program. I, I think they slide back. I think they should feel very happy if they just get the bowl eligibility and not like, you know, have a disaster, you know, three and nine, four and eight type of season. If they could avoid that, he could settle into the job a little bit. I think that I would call that personally a success. Right. And they do have eight home games. I think that's the most in school history. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. Schedule's friendly. So season wins all six and a half. I, I haven't bet it yet. So I thought that was relatively fair. Yeah. But the only problem with that Alabama and LSU is on that home slate. So it's like, good luck. But <laughs> let me, let me ask you this, Brad. It, and and again, this is not very realistic. I I understand, but if there's a SEC dark horse that could win the conference, that's not Georgia, that's not Tennessee, that's not Alabama, that's not LSU. Oh my goodness! Where where would you um, put a five dollar bet? Uh A and M, just because talent level. You know, I again, I love that defensive line. That's as good of a unit as any in the country. Wegman looked improved. They just from a pure talent aspect, give me A and M. Mm-hmm. All right, final question, Brad. I really appreciate your time. You, you already mentioned Carson Beck throwing money on that. Joe Milton throw some money on that. Uh, is there another, maybe your your favorite? There's not a lot of slam dunk SEC Heisman contenders, at least during the preseason. Players will emerge, no doubt. Uh, who would be number one on, on your list if it's not Carson Beck, if it's not Joe Milton, to be a, oh, the top wow. Heisman contender out of the SEC? I bet Jane Daniels. I think, I mean, when you look, I don't think people realize how much rushing production he had last year. Not that they need him to, to, to rush a bunch again this year, but he's capable of it. I think he's improved as a passer. I think he takes more chances this year. Maybe that means a little bit more interceptions, but I think that means some more big plays down the field. So Jane Daniels was the bet I made. All right. Thank you so much, Brad. And before you go, can you tell the audience uh, where's the easiest way to find all your work? I think the easiest way to find me because I'm affiliated with so many different shows and podcasts and websites and whatnot. Just follow me on Twitter at Brad Power Seven. All right, Chase. So some great stuff from Brad. Really appreciate him spending the time and going through virtually the entire SEC. I just thought fans would really appreciate the insight 
from, again, one of my favorites. I mean, he is, uh, you know, we, we are fans of Danny Sheridan, friend of the show, yeah. you know, legendary odds makers. Brad no, Powers, he, he, he is the next. He is the next Danny Sheridan, in my opinion. I, I hold him in that higher regard. So give Brad a follow if you're not already. Yeah, great follow on Twitter. Great, great interview, Mike. Here, I, I can't. I hear him t- talking about Kurt. You know, I was like, have I lost my fastball problem? You know, I, I, everybody's talking like nobody follows my gambling advice. Like they do the opposite. And and uh, but you can listen to Brad. He's always got some great insight and uh, fantastic interview again. Glad yeah, came on. And the reason I, I asked him about that, Shay, he likes to poke fun of, of old Kurt. Uh, on on Twitter all the time when uh, when he says something dumb, so I I, fi- yeah. I I I gave him a little bait there. He 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 was kind, you know. He's a lot yeah. uh, a lot more uh, entertaining when it comes to Kurt Herbstreet, at least on the Twitter machine. But uh, oh, re- yeah. really really good stuff from Brad. But uh, hey man, that's gonna do it for this episode of the show. You got anything before we hop off the line? <sighs> nope. I was hoping the show would go longer so I wouldn't have to get out here and walk. <laughs> Uh, you got any more interviews, Mike? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I better hop off here, get this thing done, get it knocked out. So be sure to check it out on the YouTube shorts. Uh, TikTok's going to be on all social pla- platforms, you know. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, again, it's the main thing here, Mike, is we're counting down to kickoff. You know, forget forget the exercise. Forget, forget Big Shane for a second. We're 100 days away from college football, and that's glorious, man, because next day is 99, 98, and we're going to count down all the way to zero when we have kickoff in the SEC. So, brother, we're almost there, man. Yeah, another day closer, and I cannot wait for that first big orange walk. So I'll be sitting here at my phone waiting for that to come through. That's but, right. Uh, Go ahead and notify EMS. I'll be out there, you know. <laughs> Keep them on standby. <laughs> but all right, brother, that's all I got. Life star stir circling above me, you know. <laughs> that and buzzards. <laughs> all right, brother, that's all I got. We'll catch you on the next one. Appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls.